In our headline segment tonight, we talk about uh, yeah the challenges in uh, uh, securing um, enough resources for the bulk purchase of services from the likes of ESCOM and uh, also in the case of Mfuleni, uh, which is the irony here because Mfulena Mans. But also, uh, they've had some issues in paying Rand Water as well. So, uh, joined on the line now to make sense of this and the implication of this non-payment um, in how things have now stacked up. Joined on the line by uh, the uh, acting mayor of Mfuleni, Hassan Marco. Hassan, good evening. Welcome. Good evening, Ayabonga. Uh, good evening to the listeners of MedPrefem. And thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Hassan, let's maybe start with the order granted by the North Gauteng High Court. Attachment of $1.3 billion in the assets of the municipality that you sit at the helm of. How did we get to this point? No, look, uh, I, uh, I, I'd i like to believe that you know that it is, uh, this is a historical debt between Mfuleni and uh, uh, ESCOM. Yes. And yet, we, uh, a govern, government is continuous, and we do take the responsibility of the current debt owed to ESCOM. However, we have uh, a, a penalty at the SCA, and we were granted that, the, that ESCOM should not attach any uh, assets of Mfuleni because of the $1.3 billion dispute that we're having. However, we do acknowledge the debt uh, 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 at the present moment. Now, when you say you acknowledge the debt, um, and I don't want us to only talk about this one, yeah, ESCOM, because there's also other debt uh, that we understand has been a bit of a challenge for yourselves, a debt to Rand Water as well. So let's talk about uh, water and electricity in tandem. We understand, I mean, um, in your case, uh, that uh, there have been some Issues uh, in recent times with uh, Rand Water. Um, uh, I think the amounts owed there just shy of 800 million as well. What is happening in the income statement of the municipality that is making it difficult in the first instance to meet your obligations in so far as bulk purchases of water and electricity are concerned? And what's happening on the revenue collection side uh, uh, that might make um, meeting those obligations more difficult? All right. Look. Uh we we have been able to reduce our rental uh, water debt by about 50%. Uh, in, so how much in, is it now? 400 million? No, no, no. It was 1 point something billion. Uh, now it's uh, sitting at the tune of about uh, 700 million. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, 1.6 billion at some stage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And we have been successful in, a, in, a, in a, as far as reducing that debt by about 50%. But that would be because we have entered into a payment plan with rainwater mm. and we have been able to 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 to, to reach those particular milestones. But unfortunately with ESCOM, we were we have not been able to have a payment plan. Uh ESCOM has not been able to sit with the municipality uh, to to have an agreement. But I'll break it down for you as to why uh, this amount of five point eight billion. Mm. Our total billing between January and September amounts to about two point one billion. This includes the two months of the winter tariffs, the 346 million and 417 million, which are very high compared to our average, which could be about 172 million, mm. which we have not recovered in as far as collection is concerned. We know that there are distribution losses. Uh, we're, we're suffering at about 3%. What, what accounts for that? Is, because, is, is that because your infrastructure is old that you get distribution losses, which are sort of water leaks and so on? It, it is aging in infrastructure, but as well as uh, illegal connections uh, okay. happening uh, uh, in, in, in the area. But uh, 
There's also an issue of overdevelopment whereby people have gone to an extent of doing their own things privately without necessarily coming to the municipality. And if we are to concede, some of our officials will also be party to mm. some of some of uh, these things and we are trying to act uh, on those issues. Okay. And the other issue could also be the issue of the tariff dispute with the large power users. I'm sure you know that there are companies such as Metal, your CBI, mm. your Gate that are paying ESCOM directly, which has affected the municipality in as far as uh, the revenues. Maybe, maybe just explain that to me because I think we can't just rush past that. I mean, the VAL, for for all the deindustrialization that's happened, is still the home of many industries who are intensive energy users there. What was yes. the nature of the dispute? Um, and maybe explain to us whether or not at some stage you as the municipality were distributors of electricity and if so, why did those um, large users uh, then subsequently opt to have a direct relationship with ESCOM? Uh, as soon as the, 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 the ESCOM debt uh, started escalating, ESCOM went to court using the very same large power users as our consumers. Okay. And unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for the municipality, they were able to, 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 to win that particular battle whereby the... the the, the big companies were paying to them directly. And uh, like I was saying, it has affected uh, uh, the municipality uh, uh, quite hugely because we've lost uh, uh, quite a significant amount, which is about $1.2 billion. And uh, or, 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 or another factor that comes in is the issue of the... The, the, the interest that ESCOM charges us, mm. which is about 26% of the 5.8 billion, which is 953 million, uh, which we were unable to meet at this present moment. We, we do make our payments uh, every month, but we make them based on affordability. And you would remember that it's not only ESCOM, we do have rainwater, we have to prioritize salaries of our employees and other service providers. Uh, that uh, are working for the municipality. Mm. Our current re- uh, revenue collection rate is sitting at 78%, and you would know that our uh, un- uh, unemployment is in Emflin is sitting at uh, over yes. uh, 50%, which, with uh, the current economic conditions, it, it makes it extremely difficult for us to, to collect revenue. So that, coupled with uh, the, the the distribution losses, makes it very, very difficult for for. for for us to meet certain obligations. Let me come back to you just on these distribution losses because I think you raise a very important issue. But I would think that part of, I guess, fixing distribution losses, leave aside is Nyoka Nyoka and all of those illegal connections and so on. Um, In the case of aging infrastructure or aged infrastructure, that that would be something that would be guided by what we see in your capital budgets. Now, I'm looking at your annual report uh, from the 2020-21 financial year, which um, I guess is probably two financial or, or sort of one financial year in between from where we are now. Um, don't see much insofar as capital spend financed by your own money, but also massive declines in the adjusted budgets for capital uh, from uh, a planned uh, $218 million, which was the original budget, and um, ultimately only $63 million was spent. Uh, but what I did see there, uh, material and bulk purchases rising to just over $3.2 billion, yet uh, nearly less than a million um, of that had been budgeted. What is happening around your capital spend and also the path of what you're paying for in materials and bulk purchases, which, by the way, are much larger than uh, some of your employee costs? 
we, we have tried to, to, to at some point to tighten our 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 our, our budget, but uh, uh, like you've just highlighted, the bulk purchases will continuously punish us. But over and above, we are under Section 63 of the uh, of the Water Act, of which we are working together with uh, the Department of Water and Sanitation, together with Rainwater. Look at our infrastructure. You would know that there's a seven billion budget that. Uh, Minister Mkunu and uh, Minister Masobo mm. have uh, uh, directed towards the municipality, although not in our bank account. Uh, that is the money that we are going to be using uh, to 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 arrest some of these distribution losses. And in as far as electricity is concerned, the illegal connections uh, uh, and uh, well. Uh, we, we will definitely have yeah. to mention. Let me come but back. Let me come back to this question, Hassan. And I think on the illegal connections, I sympathise with you because I guess aside from a coordinated law enforcement response, I would think there's very little that you can do. Um, yeah. But I want to come back to this question of capital spending. Um, I mean, if the budgets for capital are nearly a quarter of a billion every financial year that you are budgeting, and yet less than a hundred million is being spent, I think the citizens of Sibukeng, of uh, Shabville and many other areas might be asking, why are these capital budgets not being spent? You know, uh, it's unfortunate that we came in into an uh, unstable in, uh, environment. It, political instability in the institution will also lead to, to such a mess. That is why you are able to pinpoint what you, you have just pinpointed. But we do take the responsibility, like I have already the government is continuous. We will not say that the previous administration mm. did not do what they were supposed to do. We do take that particular responsibility, and we do intend to correct those measures. Our financial year started in July, and we are doing extremely well in as far as uh, spending the municipal uh, money is concerned. And going back to the issue of the infrastructure as far as electricity is concerned, mm. we have written to DTI for them to give us funding so that we are able to maintain our electrical infrastructure. And that is what we intend to do with the money that we will be getting from DTI once it is approved. Uh, As far as those particular illegal connections are concerned, Mm. metering has started in some of the areas whereby we'll be installing uh, proper meters for each and every household and uh, uh, normalizing uh, uh, the, 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 the transformers and everything. But most importantly, it's also to look at other uh, energy alternatives. And together with the executive mayor and his team, uh, we will be going on, on that particular process whereby people can start to bring their request for proposals and uh, to see how do we then uh, afford, uh, afford electricity at, a, at a quite a, a normal price. So, so what about this particular moment? with ESCOM will be different to past negotiations that you might have had with ESCOM? And uh, what implication is this going to have for the security of supply of many of your residents and firms in the area? No, look, uh, like I said, one, we, we have applied at the Supreme uh, Court of Appeal and we were granted. So, uh, unfortunately, for ESCOM, they just decided to jump the gun and go to the media. And you can't attach once we've, we've appealed. And second to that, there was a judgment that said that ESCOM is a big brother state enterprise. Mm-hmm. You need to go uh, into negotiations with, with municipalities in, in as far as intergovernmental relations are concerned. Mm-hmm. 
We, we have written to Premier Lusufi. We wrote on the 4th of November. And fortunately for us, I mean, Pretoria, as I speak to you at the Saga uh, meeting, he was opening that particular mm-hmm. conference. Uh, there was a, a side meeting with him on Thursday. Uh, we'll be meeting with both ESCOM and NASA to, to find an amicable solution to what has just been raised. So, so are you suggesting to me that the channel for dialogue has been opened, but you're still exploring and reserving your rights to go the legal route? Yes, no, uh, definitely the channels of engagement are, are open. Uh, I would not want to go uh, to an extent of wrestling with ESCOM uh, in the yeah, match, no, but sure. but sure. unfortunately for them, they they they, they went a step uh, further just to go and blow things out of proportion because based on affordability, we have tried to explain to everything to them. We do send them our monthly statements, and well, uh, as an institution, we do understand they also run a business, but mm. uh, we also want to find an amicable solution mm. with them. Yes. Uh, yeah, Let's leave it there for tonight. And I think the people of our country expect that Ukhulumende uh, will be one government. They, they don't expect yeah. uh, parts of Ukhulumende and do all of this kind of thing. So uh, I want to thank you for taking time out to speak to us. And we certainly hope that that message might also be conveyed to ESCOM. That ESCOM, you know, Mfuleni municipality is not your enemy. It's not your antagonist. But we've got to find a way where we can resolve these things so that people do not have the security of energy supply affected in this way. Thank you very much, Mayor. Thank you very much, Ayabonga. Thank you to the listeners of Medvedem as well. Much appreciated. That there was Hassan Marco, acting mayor out in Fule, and I'd love to hear your thoughts to share those with us. Uh, we're going to take a brief break now. On the other side, yeah, take your voice notes, and uh, just on this procurement thing, uh, with the few minutes that I've got. It's interesting because I, I went through this thing again now. You see, and I think we maybe need to have a dialogue uh, at all about this thing before Pelum Because remember the issue at the Constitutional Court was about the ability of every procuring entity to create its own categories of preference and procurement goals. Ne? And in the definition here, on specific goals. There's section 21D of the Triple PFA, the Act which may include contracting with persons or categories of persons historically disadvantaged by unfair discrimination on the basis of race, gender, and disability. Now, I'll come back to what that might mean. Yeah, so let me come back to this issue. 12 minutes it is after 8 p.m. Because I, I think, you know, uh, because, I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I try and write about when I get an opportunity to write uh, this issue of procurement and using procurement for transformation purposes and also structural transformation and uh, industrialization of our society. Now, my understanding of even the genesis and the context behind this is that it is now saying to the more than a thousand points of procurement in our system at national, provincial, local level, state-owned companies, government agencies and so on, that these entities, and I defined what these specific goals are, right? Um, and of course, these specific goals would also include, in addition to categories of persons uh, historically disadvantaged by unfair discrimination in the past on the basis of race, gender, and disability, it would also include the programs of the RTP, as gazetted by the South African government in November of 1994. Now, if you go further, because that's just the definition, but if you go further... Um, it then says, and let me find this place. It then says, the split then between 
considerations of price and functionality and for certain bids which are equal to or below 50 million that split is that 80 20 so 20 points awarded for the specific goals of the tender and i think the distinction between that and the old system if i can make just a brief comparison here for the purposes of our discussion is that the old system firstly had that subcontracting provision which was quite explicit it had pre-qualification um you know considerations in its section four like a 30 percent schedule nine there was local production and uh, content in schedule eight um and i think those three ones in my view were the big elements that were being driven from the top now the constitutional court has said to the minister of finance do not impose allow the procuring entities themselves to create their own systems or categories of preference that are guided at least by the specific goals as outlined in this new bill. Do I like the new bill? I don't know. I don't think so. Right? But does the new bill amount to an utter eradication of BEE only unless you are saying that the interpretation by the accounting or, you know, the procuring entities, uh, the likes of our SOCs, municipalities and others, will be to interpret these regulations as not giving them space. I would arrive at a different interpretive outcome uh, because certainly the definition I just read to you about specific goals that emerges from this act, and I check Chicago page two or five, um, speaks to the same categories of designated groups or categories of preference that one might find in other pieces of legislation, including the Triple BE Act. So, yeah, and as Banitin, Mangan Kalabako Ranger, Ranger. Ranger, good evening, welcome. Good, good evening, how are you, my brother? Ah, no, as well, I'm sorry, I'm going to go. Good evening to everybody. You know, Petu, um, you said how uh, you were defining the NC, uh, we cannot reduce the NC to just um, their sellouts or the bourgeoisie uh, uh, kind of party. And it's a consensual... Like, can I explain Can I explain what I said so, so that we, we clarify, maybe if the listeners had forgotten or they were not part of the discussion. I was yeah, saying... Okay. I was saying there are certain, the ANC, yes, started as a bourgeois nationalist organization. And much like many bourgeois nationalist organizations was fighting for incorporation, inclusion, and assimilation. But it would be wrong for us to paper over the historic episodes of the radical capture by working class and progressive forces of the ANC. And I mentioned the 50s, I mentioned the 80s and other episodes. Yeah. Yes. And isn't that radical, the militants one? Just to add on, yes, you definitely right, my friend. Yes, just to add on, even the militants, but to take on the ethnic. Yes, sir. The, the, one, the, one, the, um, the ones who are empty, the ones that are very appealing. That's hence the new, the bills that are being thrown around are more friendly to the white people, are more liberal, uh, are more inviting. So, like so it's a police, I'm a police, I'm a empty, man. I'm a police, I'm a empty. They are exempted, exempted. okay. Mm. Well, uh, okay, this is how I explain it. Right? But you had within the era of the NC where the, uh, um, uh, some blacks wanted to be incorporated within the system, working within the system. Yeah. And I'm, I'm saying as the power of radicals, if you look, the NC has been known as having sections, but it grew up having fractions of different agendas that brought church. You had people from the churches, you had pan Africanists. You had, you had everybody. Like you even have capitalists there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. capitalists. Mm. But there is an era where a certain grouping is in charge. And yes, this sir. era here, the pacifists are okay. in charge. No, the one that was to be 
corroborated. No, I hear you, No, you are clear. I, 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 I reflection of that right now. No, you are Our clear. current bills is for the president to Ramaphosa like was like you see when I enter a show church oil when I didn't before I can't go in daughter it was a manja what is it with me in the end what the television now so what people mm-hmm. have never have never ever ever wanted to increase this power sure. so um for us to ever think these things are not a reflection of that where we have almost only we are the most educated right now with the current most educated black nation that has ever been with sure. the year experience in engineering we have our president begging us for him to give us a people who left at 494. What have we been doing? Sure. We have engineers from Omango Sioux to do. Like, we are not sure that people are... Like, like yeah, we are... Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but example what I'm in charge. Ranger, Thank you, my brother. My brother, I, you are covered. I, I, I definitely hear your view. And I think that last comment for me, you know, in because this idea that we need to go to the Sake Lichas of the world, we need to go to the Afri Forums of the world, to resolve our problems of having engineering expertise in our municipalities where water treatment works and other forms of infrastructure are aging to the point of decay is probably the mark of a culture of dependence that I'm yet to understand. Especially in a country where you have students who have artisanal and vocational skills and engineering skills, engineering technicians, PR engineers who are out of work. And we think our solution can only come, you know, you know, sometimes when we speak about skill in South Africa, it's sometimes a proxy for like old white people who are in the system because we think they are the only ones who can fix it. It's a problem. It's a big problem. Um, and I think we must watch because in essence, what is happening here is the deepening of the project of outsourcing problem solving at a local level to groups outside of the state uh, that is happening in very, uh, um, you know, uneasy ways. And I think his earlier comment and his perspective that uh, actually the class that is ascendant inside of the ANC as a multi-class character organization is that of a capitalist class or, a, you know, a, a neoliberal class, as some people would say. I mean, I think it's a perspective that um, I also find quite compelling. I think anybody, you don't have to be the smartest, you know, political scientist or a rocket scientist uh, to realize that there is a very particular, you know, form of affluent, well-heeled, and moneyed layer in the society that is ascendant at the moment in, in the African National Congress. I, I, I don't think anybody can say that, um, you know, it's um, poor working-class communities or a leadership that is emerging from poor communities in the civics that is ascendant or dominant in the ANC. Certainly not the case. Therefore, you are in Swane. Good evening. Welcome. Evening, Ayabonga. Uh, uh, I, I, I actually... Um, have tried to follow this topic around the uh, amendments to regulations yes, and sir. omissions of triple B requirements. Mm. And uh, in, in my understanding, uh, these omissions do not prevent exactly. supply chain managers exactly. from using triple B yeah. as one of the selection criteria. Exactly. So, because what it does just that is to transfer these powers to individual institutions. Mm. Yes, but sir. the problem we have, I have, in fact, is I, I don't have confidence that it will be applied consistently exactly. throughout. Yeah. And I guess it's the problem that many other concerned South Africans have. Yeah. You know, therefore, so, one of yes. the concerns I've always had, and I think I wrote about this in the piece I did on, on Delangokbon, is if you've got thousand sites and spheres for procurement, Right. 
and you are interested as a national government, for instance, in using procurement across multiple levers of the state for all of these purposes, transformation, industrialization, local, you know, content and so on. It's going to be very difficult to monitor whether or not everybody is singing in harmony. And, and I think the, the constitutional court decision by saying actually decentralize the administration of categories of preference in the procurement system. One will create all manner of confusion, but two, it means that you do it in a piecemeal way where you have to persuade every supply chain function in every municipality and every SOC to interpret that in a way that aligns to BEE and some of the things that I've mentioned. But the third one, and I think this is where it might be disruptive, because the other, on the other side, I mean, the likes of uh, the business forums have been saying this is a good development because it allows us, Baba Funu 30% initially now to go to 60% categories of preference. And it might create particular log jams because I can create my own systems of preference, have my own percentages, and the municipality next door might have entire preferences that don't even look at mine. And it just creates this uncoordinated space that might make it difficult to leverage procurement for some of the things that we want. Absolutely, Ayabonga. And I, I, I think it, it, it comes back to an issue around the capacity of the state to implement the constitution and the laws uh, to transform and, and deliver services. Mm. The capacity of the state. Mm. And the other issue is uh, the inconsistencies you're talking about. And also remember the courts, the only uh, make uh, findings or judgment based on uh, the arguments and in front of them. them. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think one other problem we have is, as you know, uh, those who are pro black, pro poor. Mm. We are not as organized as the likes of the Afri Forum and, and Solidarity to be able to speak with one voice and mm. give the courts an alternative voice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think uh, we need to find a way of organizing ourselves and also uh, give the courts, you know, alternative facts. Exactly, bro. About Tifo? the challenges we face. No, no, no. Tifo, thanks, my brother. Eloquently put there, uh, and I don't say eloquently put because I agree with a lot of what Tifo is saying, but I think that last comment for me is probably the one I want to take away. It's the same issue I raised with the BBC before our last discussion with Hang, uh, when I said, we're not, why are we not engaging Tina in lawfare? Why are we not engaging in mass struggle around defending even the small Yana gains that the likes of the BMF, the likes of the BBC have long advocated for? Why? Why? Why did we not make sure when this went to the Constitutional Court that we had the best legal advice that we could bring before this? But also the other problem is that, you know, sometimes when you draft legislation in a way that is hasty, rush, haphazard, and leave a few things to chance, it makes it easier for people to turn that back on you and go and get outcomes that might even reverse what your intentions might have been. And I say this because I don't think the regulations as they were written, even though in 2017 they created the opening, subcontracting, pre-qualification, I started to build even the base for some of the other things we want, like set-asides. But the way in which the founding legislation that gave rise to the regulations themselves is written it is a problem. 
And that's why the public procurement bill, of course, is in the lawmaking process at the moment. But yeah, love to hear from you on uh, your perspectives on that. We stay in the public service because in, in the next few minutes or so, Ruben Maleka, Assistant General Manager at the Public Service Association, joins me. Picket lines are full. Yeah, so we'll table. Evening, evening. Hey, Yes, sir.